from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. Happy Monday, June 12, 2023. What a packed show we have for all of y'all this morning. Thank you for tuning in. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Good morning to everyone watching us or listening. I hope everyone had a good, relaxing, enjoyable weekend. I hope y'all got the rest you were looking for. And now, without further ado, we got a packed show today. So much going on. So much going on. And I don't want to waste any more time. I want to say good morning to everyone commenting. I see you on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Good morning to Mr. David Vaughn, who's here with us, as well as good morning to Mr. Paul Cummings, the legend, a whole cyber human initiative. You guys should go check it out. All right. With that being said, coffee cup cheers, y'all. So busy show today. Let's get into it. We've talked about Move It and the zero day there that's just been wrecking havoc for so many companies over the last several weeks. Well, more information comes out, and the more information that comes out, the worse this gets, the worse this zero-day gets. So, one, we know that Klopp's been taking over this zero-day. We know that they've had it as early as 2021 now, two years. The attack was conducted by the Klopp ransomware operations. They've claimed to hit hundreds of organizations. They've given them until June 14th to get in touch in order to prevent stolen data from their systems from getting leaked. <laughs> They're kind of like, We've got your data. If you don't want us to publish it, give us a call. We'll have a conversation about what it would take to not publish your data. It's a new type of ransomware. It's not a ransom note per se. It's just saying like, you use these guys. We probably have your data. We probably have your data. So we're going to go ahead and just let you know that you should probably call us. Um, new twist from cyber criminals now. Uh, the vendor says that the new flaws could potentially be used by a bad actor to stage the exploit. Uh, CVE 2023-34362 is the one you need to be following. Huntress has described its finding as further attack vectors discovered during analysis. The new vulnerabilities assigned CVE 2023-35036 also have been described as an SQL injection bug that can be exploited by an unauthenticated attacker's access to the MoveIt database, which says the following. What kind of DevOps process did MoveIt have? Is this a CISO's fault or is this a CTO issue or an engineering issue? And was security even allowed to actually explore this? Very, very interesting here. Kind of the post zero day report. And I hope they are transparent and I hope they publish it and I hope it becomes a lesson learned. This is a talk I would go to RSA for. And y'all know I don't go to RSA. So, but this is a talk I would go to RSA for. Two years that you've had vulnerabilities in your software. Two years, someone is sitting in your environment doing whatever they want. Two years, no one picks it up. Two years. One of the first victims to come through, obviously we've talked about it, but now the University of Rochester is also there and so many others, which kind of goes to the idea that the club sat on the exploit for about two years, according to Dark Reading. It turns out that over the holding period, members of the group launched periodic waves of malicious activity against vulnerable systems to test their access to organizations and identify the ones to target, meaning they weren't going after every customer because they didn't want to raise the alarm bells. They kind of sat it back. They kind of followed the SolarWinds game plan. All right, SolarWinds has thousands of customers. We don't want a thousands. We want to pick a dozen or two that really give us one really give us a whole bunch of data. And number two would, would be very embarrassing 
uh, nonetheless um, in, in, in that case. Um, and, and the analogy here is that this has been really, really significant. Researchers of the Kroll Intel Agency, uh, Intel, uh, Threat Intel, sorry, investigated the recent attacks, found evidence that Klopp were experimenting with ways to exploit the movement vulnerability as far back as July of 2021. They've reviewed the Microsoft logs belonging to the clients impacted in the attack and unearthed evidence of the threat actors conducting similar activity back in April of 2022 and at least twice last month, days before the attack. They found the vulnerability, they sat on it, they tested it for two years, and then when they were ready, when they had all of their targets listed, when they had all of their exploits ready, they pounced. And this is going to be, this is solar wind style because you just don't understand how difficult how, how, how far and how deep this goes. I don't think people know that. So we'll keep our eyes on this one and uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor it and bring all the practitioners the latest. But if none, nothing else, if you're speaking about this and you're speaking about it effectively, the best way to talk about it is this is solar winds and solar winds and solar winds, right? It's, it's significant because it's just one thing after the other. And if you're in a SaaS organization, this is a great use case to take to leadership to talk about if you're struggling getting code reviews, if you're struggling getting some pen testing done. It's a great time to go and and win people over and, and change the scope because it's not just getting a pen test done. It's doing the right scope in the pen test in order to really get the results you're looking for. If you don't do that effectively, gang, if you're not doing an effective pen test, if you're not doing effective vulnerability scans, if you're not doing effective code reviews, if the scope isn't right, then you're going to find yourself in these in these situations as well. Well, someone brought up Fortinet in the bug in the notes, and well, for all of y'all using Fortinet Fortigate SSL VPN devices, you may want to patch them now. This was one of those kind of uh, exciting weekends. The security fixes that were released on Friday in 40 OS firmware versions 6.0.17, 6.2.15, 6.4.13, 7.0.12, and 7.2.5. While not mentioned in the release note, security professionals and admins have hinted that these updates quietly fixed a critical SSL VPN RCE vulnerability that would be that's going to be disclosed tomorrow. The flaw would allow a hostile agent to interfere with the VPN even if the MFA is activated. To date, all versions would be affected. They're waiting on the release of the CVE tomorrow to confirm the information. Fortinet is known to push out security patches prior to disclosing a critical vulnerability to give people time so that when the attackers start scanning, they don't do that. That's a good move by Fortinet, all right? Give them credit where credit is due. But nonetheless, if you're a Fortinet customer, you know, you want to get this done before they release the CVE with all the details tomorrow because once it does, a showed in search of 250,000 Fortigate firewalls can be reached from the internet and this bug affects all previous versions. So the majority of them are likely exposed. Don't let it be one of them. If you've got an MSP or MSSP that manages this, make sure they're updating it today especially if you're in a small security team, that's typically the case. So you want to make sure this gets patched today, even if it means taking your systems offline for 30 minutes to get it done, you do it. You know, that's just the price of software. That's just the cost of doing business at this point. The Microsoft Azure portal went down following new claims of DDoS attack. Microsoft just can't seem to get away from this. So last week it was Office 365, uh, Outlook on Office 365 that got hit with DDoS attack by an anonymous Sudan. Um, and now this week, it's the Microsoft Azure portal. Anyone trying to access portal.azure.com displayed an error message saying services were not available. They're working on restoring it. Um, the Azure portal erroring ac- uh, Azure portal, the errors accessing uh, applying mitigation started around 
3 o'clock UTC on the 9th of June. Azure customers may experience error notifications when trying to access the portal. They've determined a potential root cause and they're engaged in different work streams applying load balancing processes in order to mitigate the issue. And so that was on the 9th of June. At the same time, a threat actor known as Anonymous Sudan claims to be conducting a DDoS attack against the Microsoft Azure portal, sharing an image of the page not loading. Anonymous Sudan, they're not Sudanese folks, they're Russian. And the Russians are going after Microsoft. And, you know, there, there's some reasons for it, and not justifiable, but nonetheless, Microsoft's got itself in the crosshairs. Now, this is also very embarrassing for Microsoft, and I'll tell you why. Microsoft, as part of their WAF, offer DDoS protection. They say, we're best in class. We can mitigate anything. Are you not using your own tools? If you could, how big was this DDoS attack? Can you share information? Years ago, when SolarWinds happened, I wrote the Microsoft Doctrine blog, right? Been viewed thousands and thousands of times at this point. It's on my Substack. You can catch it in the links in the show notes. Transparency within Microsoft was critical during SolarWinds. They literally ran a blog that was updated daily or sometimes multiple times a day by their engineers to their findings. If you're going through a bunch of DDoS attacks that are nation-state motivated, share the information. What are you using, Microsoft? Or could this be not financially advantageous because you're selling DDoS protection? And so you don't really want to have this conversation with everyone else. Nonetheless, Microsoft Azure Portal, apparently they're on the crosshairs of anonymous Sudan at this point. Switzerland's government on Thursday said that operational data might have been stolen in a cyber attack on a technology firm that provides software for several departments. Explain a Swiss provider of government software has been a victim of a ransomware attack and stolen data that had been encrypted uh, and the company has been blackmailed. The attackers posted some of the stolen data on the darknet. Contrary to initial findings and following recent in-depth clarification, it appears that operational data of the federal government could also be affected. In-depth analysis are still ongoing. The Swiss Army, I didn't know they had one, and the Customs Department are among the clients of Explain, which supplies software to authorities specializing in homeland security. The government said it did not believe that Explain systems have direct access to federal administration systems. They don't believe to actually verifying it are two very, very different things. Switzerland's always been neutral, sleeping at the wheel. Here's another one of those. Cyber criminals are using powerful black bat cloak engine to make their malware undetectable. And this is significant because this goes to the idea that our EDR and MDR and antiviruses are supposed to detect these. Well, the threat actors have gotten much, much smarter and bat cloak is being used to deploy various malware strains since at least September of last year. They're persistently evading antivirus detection, making them much, much harder to detect until it's too late. About 80% of the 784 artifacts on Earth have no detection across all security solutions, according to the report highlighting Bad Cloak's ability to circumvent traditional detection, meaning you now need to think, and all of these companies need to come up with a different way to scan and look for these activities. The Bat Cloak engine forms the crux of an off-the-shelf batch file builder called uh, JLive, I believe which comes with capabilities to bypass anti-malware scan interface, as well as compress and encrypt the primary payload to achieve heightened security evasion. The open source tool, although taken down since it was made available through GitHub and GitLab in September by a developer named uh, CH2SH, has been advertised as an EXE to BAT cryptor. It's since been cloned and modified and uh, moved ported to languages such as Rust as well. The batch loader contains an obfuscated PowerShell loader and an encrypted C plus stub binary, according to all of those. So we'll we'll see what happens here, y'all. Uh, but this one is significant, and it's going to have an impact. That's why Defense in Depth 
You don't just want to trust your EDR or MDR, XDR, whatever tool you're using. You really want to find different layers to detect malware and different solutions that help you detect malware because you can't just count on that being the case. Um, threat actors have gotten much smarter. They know the defense and they're evading it. On May 3rd, the city of Dallas suffered a ransomware attack. On May 4th, I was actually in the city of Dallas at a data connectors event. And now nearly a month and a half later, the city's network have returned to 90% function functionality after the attack. So about 45 days in recovery period. This affected a lot of uh, non-emergency services, but it also affected the fire department who were deploying, who couldn't run their uh, deployment of, of fire trucks and, and first responders through the uh, traditional system and had to do it manually, bringing people out of retirement to help do that. Uh, the city of Dallas is saying they're still, in, they're still continuing to recover, but 90% of their systems are up and running at this point. The scope of the attack has not yet been disclosed to the public, and we can't wait for that one. Our final story for this morning, y'all, a former Samsung executive is accused of stealing data to build a copycat, copycat chip plant in China. A former executive for Samsung Electronics has been arrested and charged with espionage in Korea, in South Korea, that is, after plans to steal, and he did steal, IP from Samsung to build a copycat chip factory facility in China. According to prosecutors, the 65-year-old defendant who previously worked for Korean chipmaker SK Hynix has been arrested, accused of violating industrial technology protection laws and stealing trade secrets from 2018 to 2019. The Samsung exec attempted to build a plant. That plan fell through after a Taiwanese company canceled more than uh, $6, billion, uh, $6 billion or $8 trillion yuan investment in the projects. Instead, he got some capital from China and Taiwan to produce a trial chip produced on Samsung's technology. This indictment is coming on the heels of increased tensions around one Taiwan and U.S. and China, especially around semiconductors. The suspect, who's been working in the semiconductor industry for more than 25 years, founded two chip facilities in China and Singapore, hired over 200 semiconductor professionals from Samsung and SK Hynix. In South Korea, prosecutors say the stolen data from Samsung could take its toll of at least $233 million on Samsung. This isn't a leak of a semiconductor technology, but rather are replicating the entire uh, manufacturing uh, and semiconductor factory. So this isn't just stealing the chips, but also the production method as well. Insider threat, y'all. And how significant is that in a world where we rely so much on semiconductors and this person knew it? That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow live right here at 9 a.m. on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Catch the after show at 10 a.m. later and five times on your favorite podcast listening platform. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. And most importantly, y'all stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.